as you can see, doing their medication. Mm. We call it medication instead of drug because they're medicating themselves. They need special treatment to get them off of that. Right. And that's another thing. We need another place for these homeless people to get help at. They don't have enough shelters, uh, drug treatment centers to help them get off this. It starts with just taking that leap. Man, you have to work hard. You have to be incredibly smart. Choose something that even if it fails, even if it fails you are going to be proud of it. doesn't matter how badly you got beaten down. Be kind, be kind, be kind. Become a better person, a better leader, a better business. Go with your gut. <laughs> I'm Samuel Donner, and this is Finding Founders. Hey, Terry, how's it going? How's it going? Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, sir. Yeah. Come step inside. This is Terry. He volunteers with Downtown Street's team, who once helped him get on his feet when he first moved to San Francisco. Now he helps clean the streets of needles and helps San Francisco's most vulnerable. We're going to follow him through the areas he serves while learning a bit more about his own life story. So here's Terry. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, we're going to get going. Let's go. This is my crew right here. How's it going, sir? Hello. They love their jobs. We love keeping the city and streets clean. How did you start here? Uh, I started here six months ago. A friend of mine told me that San Francisco had all the resources. So I came here, San Francisco, not knowing what to expect and was lost for eight hours wandering around here. I started doing volunteer and they seen how, how anxious I was to move forward and they hired me on a team. Now I work for them and I'm their supervisor now and I run my own crew. What we do, we clean up this street, both sides. We clean up trash. Anything that's on the ground, we pick up needles, put them in needle containers. It is a lot of needles. Uh, so we mainly focus on them. That's a very bad uh, drug crisis here. So they have a very bad drug crisis here and they're trying to, you know, they're trying to get better, but it's so hard. What are the, the drugs that are out here? Uh, they doing a lot of crystal meth, fentanyl, heroin, crack. Yeah. And then sometimes I talk to the homeless people. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? See, you know, their perspective. What got you on drugs? Yeah. Who made you want to come out here and drink the streets like what are the answers that they usually give you about like why they're out here? Uh, their parents was on drugs, or they didn't have no mom and dad in their life, or their boyfriend or girlfriend got them caught on drugs, and then they get used to being out in the streets. Why do you get? Why do you think they get used to it? I think they lost the will to live. Once you been somewhere so down in your life, some people lose the will to live. They don't want to focus on getting themselves better or nothing. It takes something, somebody or someone to motivate them to get them back involved in 
show them that it's more, it's much more than this in life. Than this just here. We walk and we clean. We have it so clean out here. My crew is gone. They does a good job. They dedicated to their job. And this helps them when they get another job. When they do find a real job, they're gonna be good workers. Yeah. They're gonna be good workers. Did you grow up in Ohio? Like, is that where you were born? Yeah, I was born, raised in Ohio. Grew up there. My dad yeah. was a butcher, my mom was a nurse. I have two sisters, I'm the only boy. Yeah. Did everything as a family. What are some of your like earliest memories with your family in, in Ohio? My dad used to do a lot with us, you know, like in the wintertime, he'd take us ice skating, sledding. Yeah. Summertime, he'd take us fishing, roller skating. He had activities that he did for us when he didn't have to work. Yeah. And he worked at two or three jobs. But I had wonderful family. Yeah. They really put a damper in me when I lost my dad. Yeah. I had three months left in prison. They wouldn't let me go home and see yeah. after doing five years. Terry was fond of where he grew up because he was in a place where he knew everyone. But the conversation then turned to San Francisco where everyone felt a little bit more disconnected. You know, when I came here, I seen so much on the street, on these streets, I couldn't believe. I'm 57 years old, but I've seen everything. Yeah. And so I've seen these homeless people camping out on the sidewalk and stuff. We don't have that in our city. In, in Ohio? No, doing crystal math out here in the, the middle of the opening. Yeah. Don't nobody say nothing. And then everybody walks past them like they're not there. Yeah. Well, it's because it's like, you know, you don't you don't want to get involved in something that you don't understand. But at the same time, it's like it also feels like dehumanizing. Yeah. How do you approach it? Like when you see people on the streets, do you talk to them? Yes, I do. I talk to some of them. Yeah. It, wow. It's it's, it was a crushing blow to me because it hurt me when I was looking at them. I felt so sad when I was looking at all of them. I didn't care who they were. These are my people. These are my people. And why do you here. say that? Why, why are these your people? We are all one. We're all human. Yeah. You know, so I look at this and it made me really humble myself. You know, I could have been in that position. Yeah. You know, that could have been one of my family members or cousins or brothers and sisters. You know, it could yeah. have happened to anybody. And then the more and more you see it, the more you don't want to go that route, especially if you've been a certain way that you always been all your life, yeah. you know, and you're going to try to switch up and try something new that's going to take you out of here. I can't do it. I have kids and grandkids. Yeah. What before I think about me, I think about my kids and grandkids before I make a decision on anything. Yeah. How would it affect them? Yeah. You know? Daughters, they love me to death. I keep in contact, they keep in contact with me almost every day. Six, That's six of them. Wow, <laughs> six daughters. My youngest, uh, the one I told you I got a Julie, she's yeah. seven, 17 now. Her name is Little Mary Rose. Her name comes from my cousin. Her name has a history. My cousin Mary Rose was in the house with her boyfriend poured gasoline around the house and burned up her, my, oh my God, and two four-year-old kids. And me, 
like both parents, and she was pregnant with my youngest daughter. Yeah. Very wrong. She was supposed to be in our house, but some something told her to go stay with her mom. She said so. She went to spend that with mom. I was so a she bouncer. Was yeah, Save. I was a bouncer at a bar. Yeah. They came in there and raided the bar. They what? took us to jail for child support. Oh really? The bartenders too, and they was female bartenders. I was in jail. They gave me 30 days for that, but I never did the 30 days. So the minute he found out I was gone, and he set the house on fire, and the mayor of Toledo, Mayor Tiquan where I was and told them to release me right away that we had one of the worst domestic violence in the history of Toledo. Sent him home to cancel all his time. They shipped me home, ran in there and grabbed me and put me on the bus and sent me home because of my cousin Mary Rose. So we named our little daughter, little Mary Rose, because wow. she escaped that fire. Wow. Yeah, my daughters are amazing. I got three of them that graduated. No, four of them that graduated. Three of them got scholarships to college. Yeah. One a fashion designer. She's in Concord. Fashion designer? Yeah. And two of them in track. Mm. They are my babies. I love my daughter. I mean, they, I, they, they you, keep me going. They keep you? Well, yeah, I think that's like, I think that's what, when you were talking about, you know, some of these people that end up on the streets, it's like a lot of these people also don't have purpose. Right. And it's like when when you are not just making decisions for yourself, but you're making decisions for your daughters yes. and your family. Yes. That that's like it's almost like a like a, a railroad track to keep you a little bit more in line than maybe if it was just you. Yeah, and it was what you said earlier. It's like I'm not just doing it for me. I'm doing it for them. Yeah. And every decision I think about them first, and then it's mine. just it makes me feel so good just to hear their voice. They hear. To hear the happiness, in, you know, that they feel so good and pleased with what I've done for them or do yeah. with them. This is one of my favorite places, too. The public library. Why? Because they have so much resource, and I take up a computer class here. Anything that I'm lacking, I try to enhance that. I'm going to take up a business class here also. Anything wow. you want to know, find out, go to the public library. Yeah, I mean, it is the source of knowledge. Yes, it is. And I think that's how, I mean, the I think the quickest way to improve your situation is to just become more knowledgeable about the things that are there. Yes. Let's just take a breath of fresh air and absorb all the stuff that's around you. <laughs> and if you don't look up and around, you're going to miss it. Because there's so much stuff, artwork on these buildings around here, it's amazing. Yeah. These artworks that's on these buildings. You'll see statues and Yeah, point point out some as we as we walk I on will. through. Okay, so going back to Ohio from the beginning to where you are now, how did your parents meet? They met through my dad's sister. Mm -hmm. My mom and his sister were best friends. They used to jump rope in front of the house <laughs> and he used to look out the window looking at like, who's that? Like, who's your friend? <laughs> you know. And his, his sister always say, leave my friends alone. Don't be messing with my friends, leave them alone. Somehow they end up getting together and, and end up getting married and been married ever since. I have one older sister and one younger sister. I'm the only boy. When I got into fifth grade, I didn't realize what I wanted to do and stuff. Mm -hmm. so Guys like, you're tall, why don't you try out for the basketball, basketball team? Yeah. So I tried out for the basketball team and made it. Next thing you know, I broke the city record. I'm averaging 30-something <laughs> a game. Wow. Terry, 
number 33 had 33 points. Yeah. I hit my jersey number. <laughs> Who does you that? You hit your jersey yes, number. Yes, I hit my jersey number. Was there any other like values that your parents instilled in you? Or like, do you remember any lessons where it was like, okay, yeah. like, this is like my parents trying to teach me something about, about life or like how I should live life. You know, your morals and values starts in the home. Mm. Our parents installed good morals and values. And my dad always said, respect goes a long way. And he always taught us respect your elders. My parents always say, take care of your responsibility. Did you go to college? Did you go do uh, any, no, or where, where did you go after high school? A basketball camp um, for the summer, BG University, Bowling Green University. I had letters coming from colleges, Ohio State, BG, Michigan, wanting me to come in a school. Really? Yes. So you were and, uh, getting recruited? Yes, I was getting recruited. But uh, something turned for me. What happened? Our last championship game. Uh, didn't nobody show up for my game, or parents and nobody. And when they came down to greet all the players and take them off the court, their families and friends came down. I was standing there left with the MVP trophy and All-Star trophy by myself. Why weren't your parents there? They had to work. I wasn't understanding. My mom worked at two jobs. My is dad this, worked at three. Okay? Is this like can we help them or? Yeah, uh, he's okay as long as he's standing. Fine, he's standing. on on drugs. I think he's on fentanyl. That's what fentanyl make you do. Mm. You know, I didn't learn a lot about these drugs down here. A lot of times, I see him laying on the ground. I make sure they're breathing. Yeah. Walk up. You okay, sir? If I see him move, I know they're okay. Yeah. I had to get used to them like this because i never seen nothing like that. And so we keep our Narcans on it. I left my Narcan. We keep our Narcans on us just in case we have to bring somebody back to. Like where their heart stops or something like that? Yeah, they overdose a lot. Wow. I didn't seen four overdoses since I've been here. Yes. What, was that? what What is that Some, like to see? Oh, uh, it's, it's terrifying. What's this area? This hey, is Gary. the senior citizen. Up, hey, buddy, come on in. Hey. This is one of my favorite spots. Yeah. Let me introduce you to a very good guy, Mike. Here. Hello. How's it Sam, going? Sam, nice to meet you. How are you? Very good, very good. Just uh, learning about Terry's uh, life story a little bit. We're doing like a little um, uh, documentary on Terry. Must be fascinating. Yeah. <laughs> he's got a lot of stories. That he does, and he's great at telling them too. So these are his workers. If you want to look at his Thank workers, you. they're my favorite crew too. Ladies, hi, ladies. Wave. Yeah, they they love me in here, and I love them in here. They I love you in, everywhere. I come and talk to them and sit down and have breakfast with them, and I enjoy it. I yeah. enjoy their conversation and their story as as well as mine. Yeah. You know, when I leave out of here, Pierre always tell me, "Work hard now, Terry." <laughs> Terry, work hard. You didn't got your coffee and breakfast. <laughs> I said, okay, Pierre, I'm about to go work hard. Oh, yeah. He's, he's, uh, he's building his meat empire. How you doing, buddy? <laughs> he used to work for us, too. Really? Yeah. I didn't got to know a lot of people around here, business owners, you know, people on the street, they see me. Hey, Terry, how you doing? You know? And it's like, I was meant to be here. You yeah, know? well, it's, it's incredible, like, what, you've been here, you said six months? Yes. And the amount of community that you've been able to build yes. in that time, yes. where it's like you are, it's, it's like almost like you're like the, like, a, a, like a centerpiece of this world, connecting all of these people together. Like that's an incredible accomplishment to have in such a short mm -hmm. time. 
And what really is amazing that I jump on a plane, never been in a plane before. Really? Wasn't scared or nothing. Yeah. I wasn't scared to get on that plane to fly here. It was like, it was my destiny to come here. Well, I think here. when you're doing work like this, yeah. like, I think I think that the universe conspires for you. Yes, yes. So <laughs> where we la last left off with your story is you were talking about Mm -hmm. You won the MVP trophy yeah. at this uh, basketball game, and your your parents didn't show up. And yeah, I was kind of disappointed. You know, young kid. You know, as you get older, you start realize certain things that your parents did that you didn't understand when you was younger. Yeah, that they had to do what they, they had, had responsibilities. to do. They had yeah. to do what they had to do. Yeah. So, and I understand that now because I got responsibilities now. But back then, did you understand it? Back then, I didn't understand. I was a kid <laughs> just thinking about myself. Yeah. Just so what thinking. did you do? I quit playing basketball and... You quit? Yeah, and got in some trouble and, and went to jail. Can we talk about that? Yes, we can. I've been to uh, what, prison what four times, too. What trouble did you get into? What, what happened? <sighs> I caught an aggravated burglary. I was given, I had just got off work from cutting meat. Yeah. Got a paycheck and everything. Giving my cousin a ride to go pick up this TV. Not knowing that he's going in his house to steal this TV. TV. My aunt stayed upstairs from him. She seen us putting the TV in the car. And she's like, all I'm telling? I'm like, what is she talking about? And he was like, nothing, keep driving. I drove, dropped him off, him and his girlfriend off. And I went my way over my cousin's house where I always be. She called the police, sent the police over my cousin's house and they arrested me and they was looking for him and his girlfriend. And uh, when they caught him, they had all three of us. He said it was my idea, she said it was my idea. They gave him a year, gave her six months and gave me three to 15 years. It took me when? almost 10 years to get off that. I kept going back for parole violation because I didn't want to do parole. I would never catch another case. Yeah. Just that I felt I shouldn't be doing this because I didn't know nothing about this, so I didn't want to do parole. Do you remember, like, where you were when you heard that you could be getting three to 15 years? When I was in the court, my dad went to court with me, and I never seen this. The judge called us back in his chambers. Mm -hmm. He said, I've never done this before. He said, but I know your dad, and he's a good guy. My dad cuts up me for judges, lawyers, yeah. and big people and stuff. And he said, I'm going to bring you back on a super shock parole. parole. What does I that never, mean? I don't, I don't know till today. I guess yeah. that means fast, <laughs> yeah. faster than the regular parole. So they brought me back in a year off that three, three to 15. So you were going to get three to 15, and they brought it down to a year because they dad. let me go on a year on parole, but I still would have to be on parole for five years. Right. If I mess up within the five years, I'm back to the penitentiary. Wow. And I did. I messed up. They sent me back, give me a year there. And I, what happened? I stopped seeing my parole officer. I didn't want to see him no more. I was uh, living kind of good, had cars. I was cutting meat, you know, had my own place, me and my kid's mother. And, so I'm like, bro, I shouldn't be doing this no way. I didn't even do that. But. Yeah, you didn't even do this crime. Right. And look, like, hey, look, look at this life that I've built. Why am I still being punished? Right. So they put me in the halfway house, and I finished my parole in the halfway house. Yeah. Got out and finished that parole. Finally got rid of that stuff and put it behind me. So I want to go back a little bit 
in between where you were caught up in that first like burglary. When did you have your first kid? I was 20 years old. That was that. That was after I had my kid. Can, yeah. can you tell me about where you were when you realized you were gonna have a kid? I was at my mom and dad's house. Yeah. And um, my kid's mother came over and told me she was pregnant. What was your response? What did you say? I'm like, wow. <laughs> you know, that's all I can say. And my dad said, first thing he said, son, you know you got to get a job. <laughs> so I got my first job at a lumber company. Mm driving forklifts. That was the first job on my own, but I've been going to work with my dad since the fourth grade. Right, you were like, you were cutting meat type. Were you yeah. getting paid to do that? When, or? My dad would give me a little money. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> go to work with him, watch him do it. Yeah. You know, so he'll take care of me. What happened with the, the basketball dream? I never got back into that. After that moment, you just- After that moment, I never tried to pursue it again. Why? I was looking for that something. Was your dream. I know. I, Why? Know. I, I don't understand. It's like you were you were good. You were getting offers. I it... felt that nobody care hmm. what I did. After that point, I felt like did nobody care if I was successful. I was good and uh, good in sports. Even though my parents was there for me, talk to the other family members or friends about the good I do. Yeah. But did they, they talk, talk about to the them bad? About but they'd mm. talk to them about the bad the minute I do something wrong. Like so, what was the bad that they would talk about? Anything bad I do, like staying out late or, yeah. you know what I'm saying, being somewhere I ain't supposed to be or doing something I ain't supposed to be doing. Or, or if I get in trouble, where he always doing, you yeah. know, they acknowledge my bad, but wouldn't acknowledge my good. I had a whole trophy case in my mom's living room on her weapon stand yeah. with my, my ribbons and track trophies. Think do you think your parents were proud of you? Oh, for yeah. For all of those? I believe they was proud of me, but they didn't know how to express that proudness. Yeah. You know, I know they was, but they just didn't know how to express. Like, my dad was not good at reading mm. or writing, but he was good with his hands. He owned a bunch of houses, like eight houses, and uh, he knew how to do electrician, plaster walls. He knew how to work on cars, because back in the day, People, most people was just good with their hands. Is this the, the same thing that we saw yes. earlier? Yes. Yeah. As you can see, they are doing their medication. Mm. We call it medication instead of drug because they're medicating themselves. They need special treatment to get them off of that. Right. And that's another thing. Uh, we need another place for these homeless people to get help at. You know, they don't have enough of them. Yeah. They don't have enough shelters or drug treatment centers to help them get off this. But right now, um, in term, like right now, would you say it's better than it has been like the last year? Cleanest yes, you've is. seen. This street right here used to be horrible. Really? Market Street, they got it so cleaned up now. What What used to be here? Uh, right there used to be enough, bunch of homeless people sleep laid out on the ground going down there. Really? That, Garbage that and trash, area. the whole area. Wow. Garbage and trash was be all over there. We we comes down this street, my street team, and cleans yeah. this up every day now. And homeless people, they do stuff like that, burn up the cans, our trash cans and stuff. Why do they do that? Uh, just to have something to do. A lot of them be breaking the windows on the bus stops because they be on them drugs and they be flipping out, you know, going through changes, so. Mm -hmm. They do destructive stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So we try to be aware of that. 
Well, it's we'll amazing that they apart. were able to really like clean things up. Mm -hmm. I guess we'll see in like a couple, yeah, couple of weeks. How, yeah. how much it sticks. Hey, good morning. This good guy, he be out here. He worked for Urban Alchemy. And he helps a lot of people. If you see somebody in trouble or something, mm. he try to, you know, prevent that or help old lady across the street if he have to. What kind of trouble do you usually help with? Mostly keep people safe. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Get the kid to school. You know what I mean? Keep yeah. people go to work. So if there's any kind of trouble, we do anything we can in hospital for anyone. Mm-hmm. Is there, has there ever been like a situation that you've like had to intervene well, in? Well, when, when it comes to that, you gotta call 911. That's when you call backup. Yeah. It's good to have these guys around. They're everywhere too. Yeah, we keep it's it good to have them. Sweep all day. I was, um, I was just talking to Terry about like, is this the cleanest you've seen this area in the last like six months? Has it changed? Because I know there's like this yeah, big. It's it, it changed since yeah. we've been out here. It's changed. We do it every morning. Do you think so? Like with um, there's like this economic conference that's going on right now. Do you think it's being cleaned more because of that right now? No, we keep this clean. Yeah, we keep this clean. It's a continuous thing going on every day of us keeping the streets clean yeah. and keeping trying to keep the people safe, like you said. Yeah. Yeah, I met him when I first came here and yeah, we like, talked for a while. Like yeah. And now I see him on my route every time I be working. I stop and talk, talk and chat. Yeah. Okay, so I want to get back to, uh, we were talking a little bit about what happened a little bit with the with the, the basketball dreams. So. You found out your 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 girlfriend was pregnant. pregnant. You had to get a job at the lumber mill. Yeah. Um, was that a, a point where it's like you have to put those basketball dreams on uh, on pause? Uh, yeah, that kind of was too. I had to focus more on my kid because my mom and dad always been there for me. So. And you want to make sure that you're there. For I your wouldn't kids. feel right if I went there for my kids. Yeah. And I try to be there in every aspect, even if I'm not in their home. I'm still there for them. They need anything, I'll go get them, visit them or whatever, go yeah. spend the night with me. I'm steady send, sending money every month yeah. halfway across the world to my daughters. <laughs> you know, they need anything, I got their back. Yeah. You know, if I got it, I, they got it. You and know? so, but at that point where you found out your girlfriend was pregnant, mm -hmm. you get this um, uh, job at the lumber mill, is not now it's like, no, you're not, you're not thinking about the NBA anymore? One thing about the NBA, that that was the, that was the moment where yeah, it, it blew out the one after yeah. that. So then, after your first kid, that's when you got into a little bit of that trouble, mm -hmm. and were sentenced to three to fifteen. Got it down to a, a what a, a year of like extra, like yeah. intense parole. Yeah. Um, but then you didn't do that. You were like, hey, I'm like, I'm fine. I got a job. Like, why do I yeah. need to get? Why do I need to check in? Right. And then what happened? Uh, after I got off parole? Um, well, did, uh, did, didn't, did you skip the parole? Yeah, I kept skipping. Well, I finally got off. Yeah. Eventually, when they put me in the halfway house, I finally complete parole and got off yeah. parole and uh, got my daughter out the system because she was in the system. Yeah. She was two grades behind because her mother stopped sending her to school. Really? Yes. Why? So she had a mental problem. Mm. And um, I came home and got her, got her Brothers United Fatherhood Program and anger management, got my daughter out Why of Why did jury. you have to get anger management? Because that was part of getting custody of my child. Mm. They want to make sure you're stable enough yeah. to have that child. 
So right. I did everything they told me to do, whether if I thought I needed it or not. Mm. And I was willing to do anything for my child to get her out that system. Yeah. Got her out. They called me one day. I was in an abandoned house when nobody let me get parole to their house. Mm. My sister had my mom and dad house, one child, three bedrooms when she told them one enough room. And um, wasn't enough room with three bedrooms. Right. So I didn't have nowhere to get parole to. I got parole to an abandoned house with no water, um, just electricity. One day, the electricity guy put up in the driveway about to cut off the only thing I had in there. CSB called me. Terry, uh, we'd like to put you and your daughter in a shelter house and help y'all get housing. I said, uh, when can I leave? I'm looking at the electricity truck in my driveway yeah. about to cut off my light. She said, you can pack up and leave now, go over here on Indiana to the So your electricity was about to be cut off. I'm like, wow, God, like, it's right on time. Right on time. They said, God might not come when you want him, but when he comes, he comes on time. <laughs> and that was right on time. Me and my daughter was in the shelter house together. Yeah. And then they helped us get my first place I had since it burned down, from 2015 since it burned down last year. Mm. And uh, she was like- So when, when, when did you uh, get that shelter house? What, was that 2015? Uh, 2015 when 2015. me and her was put in the shelter yeah. house. And uh, when we got our house, she was so excited. She said, Dad, we're not going to have to move her. We, this is my room permanently. Wow. I'm like, yeah, this is your room. Because her mom had her moving around Move so around much. Yeah. So I painted her room all pink and white. <laughs> got her big flat screen TV and a game station. She loved her room. What did it feel like to be able to give that to her? Oh, it felt marvelous, you know, yeah. just to be able to do for her. But she's a kid, she didn't missed out on a lot. Yeah. She had missed out on a lot. And she needs to be a kid as long as she can. I yeah. tell her that. Try to be a kid as long as you can. Don't try to grow up too fast. So too my, much responsibility out here. My parents are like, my, my dad always said, like, preserve your innocence. Yes, preserve you know? your innocence. Yep, so that's what I do. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. That's but beautiful. this street right here, this is it's so much cleaner. Look at it. It's so yeah. much. There used to be homeless people everywhere. Yeah. But it's so much cleaner now and so much better. Where Where are they? Like, if there's all, all the if there was all these people here, where are they putting them all? So they've been pushed towards the Tenderloin and back towards Mission that way. So they spread it out right now. Can we walk through some of that area? You walk to, through the Tenderloin. Yeah. 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 They're not like eliminating homelessness in like, you know, a few right. uh, month period, but they're just, you think, pushing people into different areas. And different areas, because mainly right now, the president and all of them will be here this week mm. when they're already here. So they want them off the main street in front of the business. The financial district, which is down the street, mm. there's never no homeless people down there. Yeah. All the business people. And so it's like, like yeah. the San Francisco's basically just decided like Tenderloins is where all these people yeah. should be. So what, like, uh, what are your opinions on, on that? Like, just like, 
moving people from one area to another just so they're Instead not seen. Instead of moving them, they should have moved them into a spot of treatment. Yeah. Or a spot of shelter. Like if you're gonna use resources yes. to move people, like move them somewhere where, where some could, good can be done. Where some good could be done instead of them doing the same old thing somewhere else. Yeah. You're not changing nothing. You're not helping nothing yeah. by moving them in different locations because somebody important is coming. Right. You know, but that's the way it is. That's the it, way is it is. It is. Yes. Um, I'm just gonna text almost someone. hit me in the van down there. I was crossing really? the street. He had overdose in his van and was slumped over the wheel. Really? So I was walking across the street and he almost hit me. I'm like, wow. Overdose in his van. Yeah, so he ran across the street and hit a pole. People go over there and help him hit him with the narco. While they hit him with the narco, other people stealing stuff out of his van, taking everything. They going through his pocket while he unconscious. Before Is that like a come. thing that happens regularly around here? Uh, over here in the Tenderloin, yeah, you about to see anything over here in the Tenderloin. Really? Yes, it goes down over here. I found out. Yeah. And how you do know, you how do you keep safe? Uh, I don't hang over here at night. <laughs> you know, I come out here on the days I work. Cause all the working people be out. You know. Yeah, so it's more safe. People taking care of their business during yeah. the day. It's more safer than then. You got people like Urban Alchemy. Yeah. They on every corner, you know, making sure people safe. Safe, yeah. And stuff. So my boss was so ex uh, amazed with me when I first came over here because he seen I wasn't playing. I got on GAs the first day. What's that? General assistance. Mm. Got on a social security the first day. I was volunteer working. Excuse me. I was volunteer working. You know, and they see me moving, trying to progress fast. And they said, we'd like to bring you on our team. Yeah. And when they hired me on my team, I didn't know they had it written on their board in their conference room. How can we get Terry motivated to come to our team and give him a paycheck? Wow, they, they, were, they were recruiting you. Yes, they was recruiting right. me and I didn't know. <laughs> so I got on their team. A month later, they, they stuff just kept happening. They threw me in a supervisor position. I'm like, wow, just stuff one thing after I, another. Well, I think that shows like when you, when someone, well, let me ask you this. Like, mm -hmm. do you think it's rare for them to see someone who actually wants to improve themselves? I think it is from here by them being here. Oh, sorry. By them being here in San Francisco, I think it's very rare to see somebody like that, that come mm -hmm. here so motivated. You know, so ambitious to to do things for themselves. Yeah. Because they don't have many people like that here. Yeah. You know, a lot of people don't even care about their future or where they had it or where they at right now. Hmm. You know, they just live one day after another, day after another. One day at another. a time. One day at a time. Yeah. Yes. And so I try to stay motivated, keep my mind motivated by going to the library and mm -hmm. you know, studying, reading books. And I learned more out here on the streets than anything through these people. Yeah. Terry was talking about how he was bettering himself and eventually was promoted to his supervisor position. Terry had to overcome a lot to do that. And he's worked on himself a lot. If we look a few years back, life was pretty hard for Terry. So I asked him a bit more about his time in prison. So what happened was in your 20s, Mm -hmm. You uh, uh, you had that burglary charge. Yes. You your dad got it down to a year yeah. of parole. Then you didn't go to parole, and then that's when you got back in. Yeah. That's how it happened. And I went back to prison and violated again. And 
that what third was that like? time. Being in prison. Oh, you lose your freedom. That is nothing like ivory. Man, I appreciate my freedom. Now I appreciate the little things in life. Yeah. Because I didn't lost my freedom more than once. Yeah. You can't do nothing in there. You could change things out here. Yeah. You, it's really hard for you to change things in there. If you're not motivated, you'll have that type of support on the outside that keep you motivated. Mm. A lot of people don't realize a simple card, letter, a helper person motivate themselves to do the positive things when you're in there. Mm. I did five years straight, my last bid, and did nobody write me. Five years? Yeah, did nobody wow. write me, send me no money, a card, or nothing. So nothing. that last, yep, that last number taught me a lot. Can you tell me about how you how it happened with the last number? How it happened with the last number? Yeah, like how, how did you end up there? <sighs> I caught my second number in 2012, no, 11. 2011. And I called a felonious assault. That means you didn't uh, hurt somebody. What happened? But what happened was I was born with a Mexican girl. And uh, I didn't do nothing but go to work, come home, go to my, uh, my brother-in-law house, my first baby mama, her brother house, me and him best friend, watch the game. Yeah. So the game stays on late, you know, a little after 11 or something. She said, you're not gonna keep coming in here and coming in late. I'm not no kid, I was just watching the game. Yeah. You know, I don't do nothing. So I said, I'm gone, I'm about to leave. So I'm about to leave, I'm in the kitchen. And uh, she in my face, I'm like, go on, I'm trying to leave. She had her head by the window right here. And I was, she had her head by the window and she was like, yeah, 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 yeah. And I just did like this. And her head bumped the window like that and it shattered. Shh. It was real thin. She didn't have no cut marks. I said, you all right? Let me see your head. And she's like, yeah, I'm okay. No cut marks or nothing. Three days passed. She waited three days to file charges on me because she couldn't find me. I went and stayed with my brother-in-law because she couldn't find me. So she brought up the charge off to me after three days. No doctor report, no cuts, abusers, no nothing. She told them I pushed her head through a kitchen window face first. And the judge was like, that was horrible you did to her push her head through. Your Honor, I didn't do that. She's sitting back there in the back with her new boyfriend right now already. Wow. Yeah, so I did five years for that. How did that feel? Oh man, my heart sunk. Yeah. And they gave it to me at different street, uh, just like you got 32 months for this, you got 30 months for that, you got 24 months for this. And just say five years. Yeah. I'm like, wow, just say five years. And I'm like, wow. And so. Five years. And that was the, that, like that would that was the the longest thing you had done before was the longest year. time, and the loneliest time I ever did in my life because I didn't have no outside uh, support. How I had a mentor in there. This is how I got through. I had a mentor in there. A guy, he's doing life. Life. He's, For yeah. What? A murder. He's never getting out. He was my neighbor. He said, uh, God got a purpose for you. He said, go out and be about your kids and watch your blessings start coming. He said, get your daughter out there. He knew about her in juvie. juvie. Get your daughter out of juvie and be about your kids. Mm. And that's what I did. So he's like, 
find your purpose. Your purpose yeah. is your kids making sure yep. they're good. Yeah, he said, wow. keep God first and be about your kids. How did you start doing that? I didn't, I just thought about what I need to do for my child. Yeah. That was my main purpose. What I need to do for her, I'm, well, I'm gonna do this then. Yeah. Is this what I need to do for her? It, it wasn't no more about me, yeah. focusing on me. I try to be there as much as possible. And you gotta understand, there's six of y'all. Yeah. I have six girls. Yeah. Them daddy girls. And I try to do for all of them, but it's just, just one of me. Yeah. So when you got out, what did you start doing? What was the first thing you did? First thing I did was went and got, did what I had to do for my daughter. Yeah. I went straight to CSB. What's went, CSB? Uh, Children's Service. Mm. That's what we call it in Ohio. Yeah. And so uh, I went straight to CSB Children's Service and see what I need to do to get my daughter out of that position. And I What did you have to do? I had to join programs, getting anger management, parenting, fatherhood programs, and I completed them all, got certificates and everything. Once I completed them, they called me. Terry, we want to put you and your daughter in a shelter house. Mm. So it was a very learning experience for me. It teach me how to talk to my daughter. You don't always got to talk in anger. Yeah. I look at it like this. Certain things you learn ain't meant to be right then and there. Yeah. What you don't learn then, and it wasn't meant for you to get that right then. But when you get it, you're going to get it. And yeah. then you're going to understand. <laughs> You know, so what were some of the lessons that you think you had to teach your daughter? Make goals in your life every day. Mm. That changes you. That mm. change, just keep progressing. I believe in these two words, consistency and persistency. Them two things gonna make you successful. Yeah. Yeah, so I tell them, be consistent on what you do, you know? And, um, and then them, keep pushing through the hard stuff, like keep, keep persistent. Through, I, yeah. I tell them this, take the bitter with the sweet and roll with the punches. Yeah. Yeah. And then I can look back on this and be like, wow. I got through all that. I got through all that. I'm a powerful person. <laughs> I never knew I was that much powerful. Yeah. I, I want to hear how, how you um, got this dream of opening up the meat factory or the, 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 the meat store. Okay, it came to me uh, years ago when I was in Ohio. Yeah. When I was seeing these different meat stores and uh, when I came here, I seen the meat stores, they didn't have what we had yeah. in certain meat stores. So I'm like, wow, we got this and they don't have this. I said, meat store would be wonderful here. They don't have their receipts print out, you know, how you can cook the meat, what temperature to cook it in and how so long to cook it in. So if you don't know how to cook a certain meat, your receipt is gonna tell you how to cook that particular meat. Yeah, so I think that'd be a great change for San Francisco because yeah. I've seen they don't have that. And they don't have a lot of variety in a meat store like we have. And also, like, I mean, this is something that... Hey, buddy, how's it going? Hello. Another guy, he always see me when I come to work. Another. Don't you work for Urban Alchemy? He worked for Urban Alchemy, too. Huge. Yeah, good guy. Take care, bro. Have a good one. Um, and it's also, like in your your uh, family upbringing like you you you've been learning how to um cut meats like for mm -hmm. a really long time like you're, it's something that you're was passed down to you from your dad hunters used to bring their deer to me during hunt uh deer season i yeah. used to cut up whole deers whole deers show deer however you want i cut up whole deers and all that when i was in the, even in the prison i worked in the butcher shop cut really? up whole cows 
Yep, couldn't uphold cows in prison. Wow. So there, so it's always been in me yeah. to, to be that. And something told me, you need your own meat store, Terry. Wow. You'll make a big difference in the meat store. <laughs> so. so where would you want it to be located? Right now, I'm looking for a location. I'm trying to work out a, a business proposal right now. I'm trying to get that together. Yeah. And so I'm going back and forth to the library, finding out new stuff and trying to learn new stuff. Yeah. about what I need for this business. Yeah, getting investors Yeah, getting too. investors, founders, or whatever I need to get this thing popping. Yeah. I know it's going to take time, but like I say, consistency and persistency mm -hmm. is going to get me through it. You know, and so if I'm, you keep learning and you have this goal, like yeah. along the way, you're going to learn so much. And it could it could go in some place that you like completely don't expect. Yes. Yeah. But I think that's something beautiful. It's like you're that this goal is going to lead to so many other things oh yeah it is it's gonna open up doors to a lot of other things yeah like i have in my heart to do something for these homeless people wherever it is i haven't yeah. figured out just what i could do i mean you're doing but, a lot right now by just like helping clean up and yeah. talk to people i give them food if they sometimes i go to that uh senior citizen place get sandwiches to take with me and what yeah. i do I'll walk around and see somebody and give it to them. Do you I ever like like interact regularly with any of the people? Yes. Like, do you know any? Do you like know any of their like the names of like some of the people in the area, or is it or is it not quite on that? Basis? Oh, I know their names. Yeah. And they know my name. Yeah. Or they give me a name. <laughs> They'd be like, "Hey, Tiro. Hey, Ohio. Ohio. They yeah. call me Ohio. So yeah, it's a lot of people I interact with out here. Yeah. And stuff that they know me. And they know I'm from Ohio because they see me every morning walking through here yeah. talking to them and stuff. And like Urban Albany said, you got to know how to talk to them. Yep. You know, don't be rude, you know, or disrespectful because they're on drugs or they medicate themselves or whatever it is. You know, don't be rude. Tell them, say, sir, could you please do this? Uh, thank you and yeah. all that. Talk to them like civilized human beings. They respect that in you. Yeah. You know, they respect that in you. And yeah. then they'll do what you say. Well, yeah, I mean, it's you like, it's like, a, like there's human like being. fundamental respect yes, that yeah. you need to have Cause for each person. They're still human. Yeah. They're still human. They just have human issues. Yeah. That's it. Human issues. Human issues. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I think when you are looking at these people, it's like you're seeing a uh, area of society that not a lot of people look at. And yes. I think you're when you're able to connect with the extremes of like, different human experiences, mm -hmm. you're able to, I think, empathize with right. just more humans in general. Uh, the yes. more that you can like see people that might look different than you or mm -hmm. have a different lifestyle than you or have a different circumstance than you and still say like, I'm gonna try and show up for them as a human, right. then the, that empathy can extend everywhere. It's like it's like a training in empathy. It is. Yeah. It is. And you can get better and better at it. Let's go here get a cup of coffee right there. Yeah. Free. Free? Yes. That's what I like. So this is the library that you often is this the library? This is the library where I always come. Yeah. Every week. Matter of fact, I had a class today at one. What was the class? Uh my computer class. Computer class, right. So I go here at one to my computer class. And uh, these guys, you could buy a cup of coffee for uh two dollars. But if you don't have no money, they got these little paper cups on a hook that people put there for people that need coffee in the morning. Really? Even if you ain't got no money, they give it to you anyway because they know people need wow. coffee in the morning. That's amazing. Yeah. And they have little stuff out of them yellow booths. 
it's some knowledge at each of them booths. Mm. Every morning, get my coffee. These yep. good people right here. Good morning. They always be out here. Hello. Can we have a cup of coffee, please? And um, they always out here every yeah. morning when I come to work. What is yeah. this right here? Is this uh, pictures of people? That is sharing faces. This is sharing faces. She could probably explain this. I never seen this one. Sit down and push a button. Yeah, so here, right here. So if you take a picture and you press a button and you do like a silly face, then it's going to pair you up with someone similar to the same facial expression wow, as you. Oh, I didn't know that. And this arm right here, people have to be holding hands. Let me see, can I get somebody to help me? Hey, buddy, can y'all do me a favor? I'm on this podcast. We want to see that machine play music, and we all got to hold hands to make that music play. Can, can y'all help me out one time? I appreciate it. Come on, guys. We got somebody. Oh, wait, like, yeah, I think we got it. There we go. Whoa. And then if we break it? Oh, is that it? That's really cool. You see that? Electricity. Yeah, electricity running through. That is interesting. That's really cool. You like that? <laughs> wow. <laughs> they got all kinds of educated stuff up here, interesting stuff. Then they got your joker box over here. I come here and call my daughter and tell them jokes sometimes. Yeah. They be like, Dad, where you get them jokes from? The joke right box. Here. It's called Lift the Flip for a Joke. Lift the Flip. Wait a minute, hit next joke. What keeps the moon in place? It's, it's beans. It's beans. <laughs> then you hit the next joke. How many apples can you put into a, an empty box? One after that is not empty anymore. Oh, that's a good one. That's, yeah. that's a thinker one. That's yeah, a that's thinker. a thinker one. <laughs> so it makes you think. It's cool, like the, uh, the community improvement. Mm -hmm. um, uh, things that like happen around San Francisco. Yes, it is. Yeah. There's a lot of helpful things they got out here now. Yeah. You know, like Urban Alton got their little tent sitting up over there where they be having the, uh, the corn holes. They ain't got them out right now. Wow. Where they can play corn holes. What do you think is like the most important conversation that you've had? Or have there any been any conversations that you've had while you've been in San Francisco that you feel like has changed how you viewed homelessness in the city? Yes, I had a, a good conversation with a guy in the shelter who's homeless and he got his dog with him. Yeah. He big dog, his name Bubble. Bubble. But he's so smart and he was like, man, fuck this dog. He said, yeah. I might not even be living. Really? You know, this dog been with me since he was a baby and this and that and I, he's on drugs and he didn't want me to know yeah. that he was on crystal meth, but I but seen you, him. you saw that he was. I saw that he was. Yeah, that's right. And I had to tell him, look, I don't look at you no different. Yeah. You human just like anybody else. I don't look at you with no disrespectfulness or nothing. You know, you yeah. need treatment. You know you need treatment. That's on you. Yeah. I still look at you the same as a human, decent human being, yeah. regardless of what you do. You know, who am I to judge? Yeah. I don't judge people. You know, I look at a way, how can I help that person instead of judging them? Do people, are, do you think people are open about if they're using yeah. generally or no? Most of them that I talk to has been very open yeah. about using. A lot of them don't like it, but they don't know how to 
break stop. away from it. Yeah. You know, a lot of them wish they didn't do it, but they don't know how to break away from it. Yeah. So they need that that part. How to break away how to from break it. Away. Yeah. Do you ever talk hard. to anyone like on the on the streets about like what their experience with uh, drug use? Yes, I talked to a lot of people about yeah. the experience with drug use because I didn't understand when I first came down here and seen them doing it all lined up on the street. Yeah. I'm like, wow, what get you started in this? One lady told me her husband got her on drugs and she couldn't get off of it. He separated from her and wow. now she out here stuck. And like she a, just you know, like you get can't bounce back. And she can't bounce back because she don't know how. She don't have that help. She don't have that treatment. She don't have that support. You and know? I think these these are like 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 these are places that you can kind of get stuck. Yep. Yeah. It's uh. But it's, they got a lot of resources for it to help them, mm -hmm. but it's up to that individual. Yeah. You can have a million resources, yeah. but it boils down to it: how bad do you want? It? How bad do you want it? Yeah. So we can only do so much for them. The wrong. Do most people come out, come uh, go out during the night? Yeah. Yeah. They mostly come out during the night. Be a lot. Why is that? Where do they stay during know. the day? During the day, I, they be mostly pushed back towards the tenderloin or back yeah. towards mission. But they mm. try to keep them out of this part now. Yeah. They got the rangers over here day and night patrol. That didn't yeah. used to be there. Where All the is... plants and stuff. Yeah. That didn't used to be there. They just put that there. They keep the officers out here. Where is APAC taking place? Hey, Pat? Yeah. I have no idea. It, How you doing, officer? These are some good officers out here. He's doing a podcast. Yeah. I'm from Toledo. Interviewing Ohio. Terry. <laughs> yeah. I told him yeah. I work for Downtown Street Team. We keep it clean around. Try to, it's amazing how they got this Civic Center. And I'm hoping that we could keep it like this. We just talked about it. I've yeah. never <laughs> seen it this clean. You've never seen it this clean? Never. Really? So I'm not never. from here. This is all new to me. I'm from yeah. Portland. Okay. Yes, yeah, when I first wow. came in, like none of that was yes, there. I've been here been six months. I hadn't been here working in a decade. Wow. Really, for eight to 10 years. And you think it's just because of like APEC going on right yeah, now? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm not going to lie. It's a facade. Yeah. Yes. I mean, they're going to keep it that way. They've never put plants up before. None of this was ever here. They changed out the fence line. It used to be that old nasty fence right there. Yeah. Yeah. And it used to be all the way around. They showed uh, They built in a skate park. This is all brand new. It's I was here with here. the mirror when we opened it. Yeah. yeah. Literally all for APAC, you think? Yeah. How long will it stay like this, you think? Until they leave. <laughs> yeah. No, a couple of, I don't know. I don't know. Hopefully, Hopefully we try to keep working. them away from here. Yeah, yeah. We've been working on it for several months now. So it's yeah. not just because of APEX, but it's just because tourism is probably going down a little bit. What has, like, like what have you had to do to make it like this to make it clean and like crack down? That's what I'm gonna use. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. There you go. How do you crack down? You know, more rest. Yeah. More being visual on the, what's going on in the surrounding area. Yeah, yeah, drugs. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. So we're working longer hours and, and more manpower. So everything costs money, right? Where do they this go? What do you mean? As in the gel or talking about the house? Is it so, pushing them up yeah, out of is here? It, is it pushing people to the tenderloins? Is it no, putting I think people they're in trying jail? To, no, I think they're trying to find them the shelters all of the Mission Street, trying to open up places faster oh, more. Yeah. So okay. that's where all the shelter areas are, is all yeah. up and down Mission Street. So this is Market. So the next street behind here is all Mission. So I think they're trying to get them more okay. into the housing area. That'd yeah. be them people walking around talking to the homeless people I'd be seeing yes. them. 
with the, with the yes. clipboard. Yes. Yeah. yes. Oh, okay. Yes. That's, That's what they do. They do you think this is going to like stabilize the San Francisco area a little bit more in terms of homelessness? Like, do you think they can keep this up? Change of vote. Yeah. That's all I'm going to say. Mm-hmm. What do you, you think? You don't like what you see. Of course, this is always happening right at the end when it's getting ready for that time. Mm-hmm. Change your vote, make it steady. So it, like, for example, I, I saw someone like shooting up on that that tower over there. Like, is that something you would Absolutely stop? stop yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So if you, if you see it. Yeah, I'm, we're going to do something about it. Yeah. Now we're federal. I don't know if you recognize that or not. No, no, no. no. What does that mean? Well, for the we have certain, yeah, different in the state. So we yeah. have different rules and we have to abide by what the cities and right. the states they allow ordinance. or not allow yeah. their ordinance versus in certain federal areas and properties. It's a different game. Different game, yeah. If you want to call it a game, I don't yeah. want to call it a game. <laughs> right. <laughs> different set of rules. Yeah. But that doesn't change a lot because you still have to abide by where you're taking them, which will be the county jails. And yeah. They, do they keep them? Yeah. No, they won't. And yeah. they, they just like let them back on the street after a while. Yeah. And so mm. it's just like, it's just a cycle of putting yeah. people in one area and then it's leaving cycle. and mm. vicious cycle. Nothing really changing. Yeah. And that's above me to know what the cycle should be or yeah. Yeah, but yeah. it's a vicious cycle. Just but, a yeah. piece of the puzzle. It is. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you guys talking yeah, to us. No Thank problem. you so much. Yeah. Thank you, Officer. Oh, My name yeah. is Terry. You, you see me around nice here you. working. Yeah, I think I've seen you before. Yeah, you have. Yeah. Y'all have a good day. Thank you. Can I um, can I hear more about uh, uh, Terry's meat shop? Um, what's mm-hmm. what is there like? Have you talked to the downtown streets team about about that dream? Oh yeah, they said Terry. I, I can see it coming true because. You're always talking about it. Yeah. And I believe in speaking things into existence. Yeah. Sometimes you keep speaking on things, it'll come to exist. Yeah. So. It's like manifesting it. Yeah. And also there are people along the way. Right. That can help too. Oh yeah. If you talk about it enough. Certain people that listen to it, your story and stuff, they might take, take in consideration that this could happen. Yeah. I might be able to help. Yeah. You know, so you never know. I mean, you had a, a conversation with a mayor the other day, right? Oh, yeah. How did that happen? She was amazing to talk to. Uh, yeah. And uh, she gave me her card to call her because she was interested in my conversation with her about the meat store. So yeah. she told her secretary to give me her card to get in touch with her. So I haven't called her yet. I want to get a few things together before I call her. What do you have to get together? I want to finish out this proposal for my job, I mean, for the business, yeah. and show her my game plan, you know? So I have everything, you know, down yeah. on the platform on paper, for yeah. yeah, on platform for But not only she hear from me, but she'll see it. Yeah. You know, she can see it and visualize my vision. She'll visualize it with me more better. Yeah, and then she'll be able to, like, yeah. really really help you. Right, right. Yeah, because right, if right. she can visualize it, then she can see uh, all the ways that Good she can help. Yep. Wow, that's super exciting. Oh, yeah. So, was. okay, so you're going to make the proposal, then you're going to call her, mm-hmm. and then and then what happens next? Then I would like to have a conversation with her about the business and see what we could do. And maybe she yeah. could direct me in the right direction, steer me in the right, yeah. to the right person. Yeah. But 
it's worth a try. And what are like the big reasons that you want to make like Terry's Meat Shop? Like why, why like what are the big reasons that you want to I want to leave a that? footprint yeah. where my kids or grandkids be able to have something yeah. when I'm not here. Yeah. You know, to keep it going on. You know, it's like I said, whatever I do is not about me. It's about them now. It's about them. It's about my kids and grandkids. So they have something when I'm not here. That's yeah. what would make me happy. Yeah. Yeah. And it's also something, again, that you've been, like, we were talking about before, but it's something that mm -hmm. you have been working at and, and knowledgeable of for, for years and years. Right. This is awesome. I mean, so what do you hope for, like, so you've been here for six months. Mm -hmm. What do you hope for the next six months? And, like, what do you think people can learn from? Now my focus is on getting housing. Yeah. So I could be in a comfortable, comfortable position. Yeah. Because where, where are you staying right now? I'm in a shelter house mm -hmm. at Bayshore Navigation. So I'm here right now. And I just got reassessed. So I'll be on the housing list this week. Mm -hmm. I can get in the houses. Wow. Yeah. So that's my main focus. Getting a roof over my head first. So I can be in a comfort zone. Mm -hmm. So I can focus more on what I need to do about me. Yeah. And like improving yourself even more. Yes, that's what, why I stay out so much from the children. I get the library. Yeah. Walk around, talk to people. Just stay busy. What is it like staying in the shelter? Uh, I'm barely there. Yeah. I'm just there really to sleep. Get up yeah. at six in the morning. I'm gone. Is it? Is it? Um, but like, what's the what's the vibe inside? Like, who, who else is there? Do you feel like you have your own space or it's not? I'm in there with homeless people, so you got people in there who don't really care about homeless people. Right. They're just on drugs. Really? In the bathroom, uh, overdosing. Even the staff members. Even the staff members? Overdosing in, they, in their bathrooms. Oh my goodness. So it's not a good environment. And it's also not a good environment if you're if you're not trying to do that kind of stuff. Right. Uh, you don't want to. You know. You you are the product of the people that you surround yourself with. That's right. It takes a very. Uh, I feel like a, a very strong person to 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 not be influenced by that. I'm not curious about none of this stuff. Yeah. I see going on because it really it really looks bad. Yeah. So I'm not curious about none of this stuff that goes on. You know. I'm, what I'm worried about is people going to help one another, help them get off yeah. this stuff. You know, we need more people out here. Yeah. We don't have a in the world. But it seems like you care. So what, um, from the, like, the time that you've been here, the time you've been helping people, what do you think is like the biggest takeaway or the biggest like life lesson that you've learned? People that's doing good work for the homeless people too. Yeah. You know, you gotta uh, treat people the way you like to be treated. Talk yeah. to them how you like to be talked to. You know, some people can talk to people so rude because they're not in their position, so they don't understand. Yeah. So they look down on them, and I don't look down on nobody. I judge nobody or nothing because it can happen to anybody. Yeah. So, like I said, I keep appreciating the little things. Yeah. And that keeps changing me daily after. 
day I see something different, something new out here that teaches me. This whole street is a learning experience. Yeah. Everything out here is a learning experience. You get knowledge from anybody, anywhere, no matter what position they're in. Thank you so much for listening. If you haven't already, make sure to subscribe, rate the podcast five stars, and share with a friend. If you have any questions or comments, DM us at Finding Founders Podcast on Instagram, LinkedIn, or Facebook. Finding Founders is produced and hosted by me, Samuel Donner. Our audio editing team lead is Ashley Jimenez with support from Jessica Morales, Miley Lipton, Siyu Pan, Kenny Ray, Josie Yo. Matt Fernandez and Merritt Hill. Our outreach and research team lead is Desiree Nunez with support from Marissa Granados, Monica Lee, Sarah Tiersma, and Yao Will. To see more of what we're up to, subscribe to our newsletter at findingfounders.com. Thanks again for listening and see you next week.